You're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. So today, I want to talk about something that is so traumatizing for me, but I promise you it's like not necessarily trigger worthy at all. Like it's just me talking about my personal trauma for your personal enjoyment. So y'all better listen to this episode. Otherwise I would have exposed myself for no reason at all. (laughs) Um, Before I start, just an update for those of you who still remember, who've been listening, the, the real supporters out here, the OGs, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was teaching my cat how to communicate with me via buttons. For those of you who are new here, don't know what I'm talking about, I bought some buttons on Amazon where you press them and you can record your voice. Now, I recorded my voice giving a command, and so I wanted my cat to press the button whenever he wanted food so I could give him more food. Because that's a totally good idea for a cat who's always hungry to have a button to get food at at will. But, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm thinking, let's see if he's up to the challenge. It's been three weeks now and he hasn't actually pressed the button but one time. And that was great, but... It's weird. It's like he knows what the button means, because if I press the button right now, he's going to come running. I've actually already recorded this episode and I tried my best to save that audio, but there's no way I could I could, you know, save it and let you guys listen to it. Because I actually pressed the button, he came running and then the entire episode I was trying to record, he's like going crazy. He's like wilding all over the apartment. So (laughs) I'm not going to I'm not going to do that to him. I'm not going to get him disappointed, get his hopes up only to disappoint him when I press the button and no food magically appears. So that's neither here nor there. The point is, it does work. Um, It just he knows what the buttons mean. He just has only pressed it one time. So I'm still working on it. It's supposed to take four to six weeks with consistent, diligent effort. If I model it for him and I show him what the button means and what it it can do, then he should at some point do it. But, you know, cats, they they like to do their own thing. It happens on their timeline. So we'll see. Anywho, the topic of today's episode is about anxiety. And I'd like to start out by saying that I actually didn't know I had anxiety. Um... It's just, first of all, my family doesn't talk about mental health with, you know, certain types of Christians. Everything is like demons and angels. You know, if it's something they can't explain, it must be a demon. Couldn't possibly be a mental illness, you know, so whatever. It's not something I talked about. So there were things that I was experiencing that were negative and they affected my life in a negative way. But I didn't like... I, I didn't I didn't know anxiety is what it was. So for example, something I used to struggle with for a really long time, like for a really long time, was the fact that it was difficult for me to go to sleep at night. Sometimes I would find myself crying myself to sleep because I would constantly have the day on replay in my head. And 
it would just replay all the bad things and, you know, embarrassing moments that's happened to me throughout my entire existence. And luckily for me, I embarrass myself daily. So there's always some, some new material. So I would replay this over and over and over and over in my head. And it was hard to make it stop. And I would just start crying and I would pass out from crying so much, but not until several hours had passed and it's like four o'clock in the morning. Another thing that used to happen alongside this is that I would ruminate a lot. So I would kind of have like these thoughts that would come into my head and it wouldn't go away. And so I would just think and think and think and obsess about it. And then, you know, I would be upset. And part of anxiety too is the fact that like you can literally think about something all the time and people will say not to worry about it, but you can't help but worry about it because, you know, if you don't worry about it, it's just not possible. You're going to worry. You're going to worry yourself sick, quite literally. And this can interfere with your daily functions. Um, There's times where I've been so worried about something that I've just like completely been stressed out and it's altered my behavior at work and school. So Sometimes I didn't go to class because I was so worried about stuff. And then I'd be stressed out about the fact that I didn't go to class. So I'd be stressed out and then stressed out about the fact that I was stressed out and stressed out about the fact that I didn't go to class because I was so stressed out. So it was it was a cycle. Like even talking about this right now, I'm just to be present in my body in the moment, I think I'm really uncomfortable talking about it because I'm just like fidgeting and I'm super, it's just, If you see me now, my physicality presents that of someone who is very anxious and concerned. So, you know, it's taken years of therapy for me to to really see when I'm anxious and worried about something and be present in my body. One thing that people don't understand about anxiety is that it's very physical. So it's a physical response to things that are happening internally. And people may not know why you're doing what you're doing. But if someone starts behaving more erratically or they just they change, if they just change in general, then take note of that and be concerned. Try to have some compassion for them because the symptoms present differently in a lot of people. There's a general list of things, but it's different for everyone and can be triggered by different things. So, you know, I would just say to try and be mindful of that. You know what I mean? Uh, For me, whenever I'm anxious, usually... Okay, first of all, let me say this. A lot of my anxiety is really like general social anxiety. It's a lot of social stuff. And it's because of my experiences as a child. So a lot of the symptoms for me when it comes to like being around other people, which is the lion's share of the things that triggered me, is if someone... Like if I think someone dislikes me or if I think that they hate me, if I think people are talking about me when I walk into a room, it really triggers me something serious. And then I have a physical response. Like I start behaving more robotically. Like it's it's almost as if I feel it's very unnatural how I'm moving and talking. Um, sometimes I can come across as curt or kind of like abrasive. <clears throat> because I'm trying to limit what it is that I'm saying. You know, I'm trying to gain control of myself and over the situation, but I don't know how. Um, 
sometimes there's been times where I physically walked or ran away from someone who made me uncomfortable, especially if they made me feel an overwhelming amount of emotions. And that's happened in a romantic context, by the way. I'll talk about that in a little bit if y'all want to know. So, yeah, um, I also get a lot of physical sensations as well when it comes to getting sick, like physically ill. I already have some digestive problems because of stress. So when I get extremely stressed, I'm already like anxious and worried and my stomach is in knots and I'm feeling nauseous all the time and I get migraines and I have really bad menstrual cramps because I'm so stressed and it only gets worse when I'm anxious. You know what I'm saying? And I would say the difference between me being anxious and me being stressed, because I think they kind of come from the same place. Sometimes the triggers overlap. I think with me being anxious, um, it's not, it's like an acute um, symptom, whereas stress lasts for, for hours and hours at a time. So when I have a stomach ache due to stress, it can literally last for days. A headache can literally last for days. Um, my menstrual periods can be really, really awful in terms of the pain that I experience in all types of my body. And with anxiety, it's more acute. Like I don't really have bad menstrual cramps because of anxiety. If anything, my heart races and I start fidgeting and start looking, looking back and forth. And sometimes it's hard for me to talk because I get overwhelmed depending on the situation. So if I feel like I'm under attack or if I, um, I'm caught off guard. Either I say a lot and I talk really, really, really fast or I don't say anything. And there's been times where I feel like someone was trying to attack me verbally and I was so unprepared that I didn't know what to say. And they would ask me direct questions and my mind would go blank, you know? And sometimes it's like, well, you should be able to defend yourself. And there were points where I couldn't defend myself because I was just so shocked and I didn't know what to say. And then I got really anxious and worried and then I saw that everyone was looking at me and I felt like I should have had a response, but I didn't have a response. And then it made me look weak. You know, like you, someone's trying to bully you or you can't say anything to defend yourself type of thing. You know, but anyway, that's kind of what it looks like for me. So it's very physical stuff. Um, and the rumination is part of it, in my opinion, just from talking to my mental health expert who like works with me. Um, yeah, ruminating and like obsessing over things and thinking about what you could have said differently how you could have said it differently, what someone's responses and reactions are. Sometimes like overthinking and going over and over and over in your head, what someone said and what they meant by what they said. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and sometimes people don't think that I go through this. I think if you know me and you are listening to this podcast, you may be surprised because, you know, I put up such a good front, but that's because I have a someone who works with me and, you know, who, you know, I talk to. And also it's a result of like trauma. Like when you go through things that are kind of traumatizing for you, you learn to adapt. And one of the things that I've done is that I've created a whole personality essentially, or a persona that I wear in front of other people. So you don't know what's happening around me or not happening around me, what's happening inside my head. So people tend to think I'm so confident and I'm so strong. I'm so this, I'm so that. But I think a lot of times it's because they don't know the symptoms of anxiety when they see it. And they also are not quite like, they're not quite in my inner circle. So they don't know what's going on in my head. You know, I've had people express several times to me that they didn't even know that I went through so much internally. And it's like, 
yeah, you wouldn't know because I put up such a good front. You never know that deep down I'm having all these problems. And I've always had those problems. Um, so for me, like I said, a lot of the anxiety is social. I've had a lot of really negative experiences in my life when it comes to like interacting with people. And so for a good chunk of my life until I was about 20, 21, I was really crippled by anxiety and it, it got really bad, y'all. And I think I still have some mental health problems because of it. Um, I remember this is where I'm really exposing myself. So some of you are probably going to be surprised, but um, I got rejected a lot as a kid. Like one of my earlier memories, I would say one of the first memories I have is me when I was six years old, feeling like I was really lonely. I just remember being incredibly lonely as a kindergartner. And I asked my mom how to make friends. And um, she said that um, I should ask God for a friend. So I remember one of my first prayers was like, cause you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have a concept of all these different like abstract subjects like God and praying, whatever else. But one of the first prayers I remember was praying for a friend because I was just so lonely. And I didn't feel like I had friends like the other kids did. And so eventually I did get a friend, but that did not work out because when I moved from that neighborhood, he had replaced me with two of the neighborhood boys who were his age. It was like a new family that had just kind of moved in and they had two young boys our age. So he basically replaced me and I never got a chance to say goodbye to him actually when I moved. And I was very upset. I remember being very, very upset because I felt like, um, you know, abandoned essentially. And I didn't have a friend anymore. The friend I had prayed for got taken away from me. And so a lot of, there's a lot of stories like that in my childhood of, you know, people bullying me in middle school and high school and constantly feeling like I was on my own. Um, I got bullied a lot, like a lot, especially kids from other schools. Like I went to a nice school. So people there, I mean, yeah, they did stuff and they said things to me and it was very clear that they disliked me. It was very obvious, but it, they, some of their bullying was not really that big of a deal. It was just social isolation because I wasn't liked or I wasn't particularly the person that they enjoyed being around. But kids from other schools were really ruthless. Like I didn't even know these people and I would get on the bus to go home every day, which I hated riding the bus because they would like stick stuff in my hair and make fun of my acne, throw things at me on the bus, make, you know, just do stuff to me while I was asleep or while things were going on and I would have my book back next to me and none of them would sit next to me and they would pretend like I smelled, which I did not. They knew I didn't, but whatever. It was just stuff like that. And so, you know, as a result, I, I became cripplingly anxious around people and I put up this tough exterior, but in deep down, I was like really anxious and afraid of everybody. Like I, I just, I was so worried that people were going to like reject me and I didn't feel like I mattered or that I was loved in the world. So yeah, I don't want to go too far into it because there's a lot I could say about that, but yeah. So that's kind of where a lot of my social anxiety comes from. And I think that um, it's still really traumatizing for me to talk about because, you know, it's cool to be anti-bullying now, but 
didn't used to be. And kids ultimately do what other kids do. So they pick up on each other's mannerisms and behavior. So one kid is bullying someone and they're popular. And it's easy for other people to join in because it's fun. Because you get to feel like you're on the inside and, and the other person's on the outside looking in. And as someone who's kind of gone through that multiple ways and multiple, uh, multiple different ways or whatever else, I just kind of like do have a certain response to things now. I'm better now, but a lot of my anxiety does come from other people, not necessarily situations. So if I feel like attacked or if I feel like someone's going to hurt me or if I just in general feel like, um, I don't know, like someone's going to not accept me for who I am instead of like doing certain things, I become what I think they want me to be. That's how I cope now. And it's a healthier way to cope, I guess, but it's not quite the answer. So what is my point in saying all this? My point is that like, if you have anxiety and you really struggle with mental health, know that you're not alone, that there's plenty of people who've had the same, um, who have the same experience as you. Now, granted, I have a more tragic story, constantly getting bullied and kicked around most of my life, but everyone's not like that, right? Like everyone, you know, there's some people who've had a perfectly fine life, who didn't get bullied, who you know, weren't ostracized since they were a kid and made to feel like they were like a loser all the time. So I feel like it doesn't really matter necessarily what your background is. Some people, you know, they have anxiety, they have their own reasons and they have their own triggers. So I think that, you know, all I could ask for is that people who don't have anxiety to show us compassion and understanding and be willing to sympathize with us a little bit because you know, it can be crippling, like it's a mental health issue. And I think a lot of people, you know, in Gen Z have anxiety a lot now, but I think in a way it's, it's how, how do I phrase it? Like, yeah, people know what anxiety is now and I'm glad that they do. But sometimes I feel like people are only saying it for clout and they say it because they, they think that they have it but they don't understand what people with anxiety go through, like how bad it can be. Um, so sometimes when I see posts on social media, I'm like, that's great that you raise awareness, but in real life, you know, people still don't take it seriously. You know, they think that when you say you have anxiety, that you're kidding and that it's just a cop out, but it's, it's really not like, it's something that deeply affects you on a psychological level. So it's unfortunate that we've normalized talking about anxiety but we don't still we still don't take it seriously as a society. So it kind of makes me feel like people are people are capping right now. That's just me though. <laughs> That's just me. But yeah, um, this is just to spread awareness about anxiety and what it could look like. And I hope that if you are going through this, that you find a way to get some sort of mental health professional to to look at your situation and see what they can do for you. Because the tools that I have to manage my own um, mental health issues, I didn't used to have. And it takes a lot of work 
Honestly, it, it really, really does. It takes a lot of work. It's not easy. So. Um, the only recommendation I could have, though, for people who uh, have some of the problems that I have is doing something physical to interrupt what you're experiencing. Um, so for me, when I get stuck in my own head and I'm anxious and I'm worrying, I try to do like a physical activity. So I actually go work out or I go for a long walk. And just the act of doing that interrupts that thought process, you know? So that's why I say like emphasis on um, anxiety, having a lot of physical physical uh, sensations and um, triggers, because if you can remember that, then you can do something physical to break yourself out of it or snap out of it, get yourself out of that downward spiral before you hit rock bottom, you know? I do different things. But the main one is definitely like doing a physical activity that's healthy. So taking a walk and that helps a lot. It helps a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I would say also, is there anything else I do specifically that I know I, it's literally very intentional for me to do? Um, I think sometimes pinching the back of my hand helps because when I catch myself doing it, if I pinch the back of my hand, it brings me back into the moment and back in my body. And that sensation is like, oh, I'm in your body and I'm able to take away, take like notice of all the different sensations that's happening as I'm having these thoughts. I think uh, meditation helps too for that reason because mindfulness meditation, it makes you feel very like in tune with your body. So when you're having different emotions and sensations, you are able to more quickly identify where it's coming from. And then you can kind of interrupt that process before it gets too bad. So yeah, meditation definitely does help too. And it helps keep my stress levels down, I think. So that being said, um, if you enjoyed this episode, if you want to hear me talk more about some of my mental health problems and my trauma, LOL. <laughs> please like and share this podcast. I do it all for you. It's all for you. You know, if you want to catch up with me, go on at It's More Than Potential on Instagram. I am there all the time. I talk about these topics and more on the blog at morethanpotential.com. If you are on the Twitter and you like the Twitter, you can go on Twitter and look up more potential underscore and you will see the page. Please like and follow me over there. We can chat and have a good time. We can get the dialogue going. So once again, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. And I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week.